0: A little bit of a delay. Hello, hello, hello. Second pop up was there. Uh, Thank you for joining. This is Office Hours 35. I'm going to get this number uh, right this time. Uh, We've got the four of us here today. Uh, Michal, you came loaded with topics, so I'm, uh, I'm going to let us, those are all great topics. Um, uh, you know, it's been quite a wild week, whole week here. I uh, probably won't get too much into the details, but lots of fun, lots of consideration, deliberations, and things on some, some pretty interesting opportunities, uh, there. So, I'm um, spending some time on that. On a personal note, like for the guys on the team, I have just been this, uh, Sunset Cypher, little hip-hop group. Uh, that uh, I've been going to for like months at a time, just working up the courage to see if I could go in freestyle rap. And uh, I finally did. So that was a big uh, moment for me this week. I was horrible, but uh, you know, I didn't at least get laughed out and I think I could go back without getting booed. So I appreciated that. It's funny when you are doing anything in life, right? You build up these moments in your head about what something's going to be or like how well it's going to go or how poorly it's going to go. And then it happens. It's like an instant and then it's done. And it most likely went completely different than what you thought. And so that's sort of life. Uh, you know, it's good to have lessons like that. And you know what? What I've learned over and over again is it's like you can't make progress if you don't try. So if there's anything you're scared about doing or anything that uh, you want to do but you're nervous about, go and give it a try. Most likely it won't be as bad uh, as it uh, as you think it's going to be. And if it is bad, uh, just learn from it and, and do better next. So uh, that's my little uh, personal uh, note on this week. Otherwise, uh, nothing else. It's um I'm the CEO of Speak Uh, Really, again, digging deep into sort of analyzing language visualization uh, and spending a lot of time dealing with customers and inquiries and talking to investors and all the things that 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 entails. So uh, excited to be here as always.
1: I'm Lauren. I am the accountant, uh, the financial aspect of this team, I would say. Um, And I've been working quite a bit on applications. Uh, Free money is the best money. Well, not super free. There's still lots of work to be done, but I don't know. It's money at the end of the day. Anyways,
0: non-dilutive money that is not personally liable is good money. Uh, So I would say, you know, that's one thing. Customer money uh, is always probably the best because you're producing value. Uh, Mm -hmm. But uh, we'll take that non-dilutive capital where we can. Sure. I'm Nihal, digital strategist here at Speak. Uh, Recently just been very busy
2: doing a lot more math than I'm used to doing, uh, but that's been fun. Uh, And yeah, looking forward to some of our topic discussions today.
3: Beautiful. Okay. Uh, I'm excited to back on a part. Last week was a little haptic. And uh, wasn't feeling well on the Friday. So, but uh, I'm excited to back. Uh, Hi, my name is Watsal Sain, I'm CTO at PKI. Uh, Tyler, you had a point. Uh, It's like, if you don't learn from your mistake, you waste your mistake. Uh, So if you make a mistake, make sure you learn it. Otherwise, you're going to just waste uh, your mistake. And uh, yeah, this week was uh, also very busy in terms of many different ways and, and learn many uh, other things, talking to investors, and also enjoyed so much talking to the customer over the intercom. I had a nice conversation so far, I would say, uh, talking to someone on the intercom. And uh, it's like, the person was also excited what uh, uh, she wanted to do, I would say, and uh, giving her a uh, different perspective. And it's like, then it's like, oh, can do we have the integration like that? And it's like, because we put at in the integration page, sending her the screenshot that, hey, you can use from here. So, so I, was, I was so pumped talking to her uh, and helping them and uh, they got the results. So they're now looking more into the insights and what they can get. So that's what it's all about, uh, enjoying uh, what I'm doing and exciting about uh, what's in the pipeline right now. Beautiful,
0: okay. meo uh, again, let's, a couple of topics here. So let's, uh... I guess I don't know if you've prioritized them in your numbered list, or uh, go ahead and pick uh, the one you want to go at
2: first. Uh, sure. I, I guess the first one we can talk about is just this idea of uh, putting a price on exposure and uh, acquisition costs, uh, and and basically, you know, as a bootstrap company, maybe a company where you know runway matters to us a lot more than. Maybe companies that have a, a bit of reserve, like a lot of reserve capital, <laughs> um, or a lot of investor funding. Um, how how do you quantify or how do you put a price on exposure versus true like revenue and uh, true profitability? Um, yeah, you know, not not referring to anything specific here. So, <laughs> you know.
1: uh, I think it depends on like the type of exposure too. Um... There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of variables here. Um, and also like what's actually, you know, the differences between costs. It's not just a matter of you pay money and then you have a big exposure. It's also a matter of time for, you know, most of the team to kind of come together and put it together. Um, but yeah, there's also good, there's bad exposure, but uh, what's the saying? There's uh, any exposure is good exposure or. I don't
2: know. No such thing it's as bad ones. publicity.
1: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Um
0: that's so, that true with software though? Yeah. You know, I I don't know. Anyways, go ahead.
1: Um but yeah, I just think it's a matter of uh I think it's more a matter of time than money to be honest in a way. Um even though time is money. I feel like I'm getting into paradoxic. <laughs> I like myself, that. I like so. that. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, just I guess <laughs> for that that part, um no, i think that's on your responsibility to always build good good technology but maybe you can put your you know depending on how you expose that you can put yourself in a situation where maybe maybe you're not delivering on uh what that you know an audience that you're being exposed to hopes or you know there, i guess again in this world of rev- reviews and public reviews where um you know depending on whether you're a small customer you know small customer or big enterprise where, you know, single review, like, you know, we've all had the experience of being like on for example, Amazon, it's like four and a half star. And then you read that like one star review. you are like, oh my God, I can't buy this product because of that. So depending on, you know, I guess, again, that publicity idea and how people are talking about your brand, how you've done done that, um, you know, there, there are risks and consequences. And I guess, you know, for you, the, the price, you know, Neomi what you're talking about a little bit is like, there's people who are paying, uh, know, massive amounts of money, for example, to be exposed on something like Forbes.com or Business Insider or things like that. And then, so there's a really nice brand association that's built there. But then, for example, maybe you peel, you know, peel back a couple layers and you say, okay, you know, how many people actually, for example, visited site? How many people signed up? How many people turned into a paying user? And maybe you don't need to do that directly, you know, within a 30-day window but over time, are you even setting up a path of, for example, triggers to make that action? happen? So um, I think there's a lot of value in exposure, but are you being exposed to the right audience? And is that even driving the action that in the end helps the business grow uh, instead of maybe more vanity metrics? Um, again, vanity yeah. metrics are good, but yeah.
3: Yeah, that, make, that makes sense. Uh I would ask that first question. I would ask myself about, uh, uh, if anyone thinking about any exposure what what is the goal what what are we trying to achieve at the end? And uh, everything comes after that. It's like, okay, the matrix, okay, the goal is aligned to the matrix, the risk aligned to the metrics or and the matrix is linked with the exposure and time money, risk, everything is the secondary thing uh, if if you don't have the pro- pure, proper goal about what do we want to achieve in let's say thirty days after that so. I mean, price could be the very much variable, that could be uh, on the lowest side, on the, on the higher side, but the variable here is the, the goal. I mean, if that is not defined, everything would be just a mess at the end. And uh, I mean, I could say on the risk side, I would add that, I mean, personally, either in the business or even the personal life, that's probably it's coming from my genetics, is like from Indian uh, roots as like calculated risk. Because if you are not doing any calculated risk, there is very high probability that you do either in the business, you're gonna at the end lose it. so I mean personally, I so much believe in the calculated risk because even if it is goes other way, you are not uh, you're not in the worst case scenario you know you you would be survive you can't survive the business can survive or even your personal life so I mean risk is also depends on how much you can think ahead of the line and uh, do the calculation to make sure it goes in your favor. One thing that,
0: uh, oh, uh, I don't know, you know, stats float around the internet, but there was, you know, basically some work done on like, what were the highest converting sort of channels for businesses, especially in like a B2B thing. And a lot of times that was still um, trade shows. You know what I mean? Where you go to an event, a very targeted audience or demographic, and then you, you know, have a a booth and you present and you network and you connect there. And, uh, you know, so I guess it's also maybe in that, you know, you know, at that event, you're only exposing yourself to a thousand, if not a couple thousand people. Whereas, you know, for example, pay-per-click advertising, you can expose yourself to a much larger audience. But you know, do you want to expose yourself to a, you know a much larger audience that maybe is saturated or not the or maybe not the exact demographics or audience that you're looking for? Goes against a little bit of what we're doing with you know I mean Google Ads is very precise. Or you know, are you trying to then? You know, would you rather have a smaller group, but they're directly the kind of people that you want to be working with, who value what you're doing, that you value each other, and you can build better business out of it? So it's always trade-offs, I guess, in that uh, in that situation too.
1: Sure. It also depends on like the actual intention of the customer too. like, maybe they're just browsing about and then your paperclip ad comes up and it's like, Oh, I'm not really thinking about that right now. But when it comes to like a trade show, it's like, I, I need this. I'm literally physically getting up and going to a place to look for things. So you're probably going to have a better chance of uh, of making the sale when people are actually, you know, putting an effort to, to buy from you as opposed to, you know, your, uh, your ad just kind of, Flowing through in the sea of you know entertainment and everything that's online and all that.
0: Neil, can, can you put a price on exposure? Do we do we touch on anything that you actually meant to touch on?
2: <laughs> oh, I mean, for sure. I, I think it's very interesting because you know, even just from, I guess, a PR perspective, and you know, uh, just based on like my education, in PR, as well as just my short stint in you know working in PR. Um, the number one thing that would always kind of uh maybe it's just me not being cut out for it but the number one thing i'd always struggle to validate is okay so you know these these companies have paid you let's say if you're an agency they pay you 100k for you to do all this organic quote-unquote work for them right um and then you go do uh social media campaigns you go do podcast campaigns and obviously each of those channels has like higher like the conversion rates differ and like the end goal is different from each of those but you know at the end of the day i always find myself looking at the numbers and i'd I'd look at that and i'm like you know if if i was a business and i was paying this much money and this is what i'm getting in return like i'd kind of be like you know what (laughs) right and that's not to say that there's no value in organic exposure, I just think it, it's highly variable in how like, an end user um, perceives it, how they perceive your brand value and how authentic um, you know, the content you're putting out is on top of that. Um,
3: Don't you I... think that's an experiment? It's like, even on the advertisement mm-hmm. and stuff, those are experiments. Like, experiment could
2: kind of oh, work or not. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I, I think it's just, for example, um, he, You know, like one of the biggest things that uh, PR, for example, gets like the flack PR gets versus let's say something like marketing, where there's like a hard ROI, right? On marketing, it's you spend 10,000 on ads and you get, you know, 15,000 in sales. Like that's, that's, you, you can correlate that versus with PR. It's like, okay, you spent, you know, $20,000 on a podcast spot um, and you, you got an uptick in traffic, you got an uptick on all these things, but you know, just because of the nature of how organic works, maybe you're only going to see, maybe you don't see a one-time return on investment, but you kind of see over time, over six months, yeah. that your, you know, your reach has, now you're seeing instead of 10 signups a day, now we're at 50 signups a day, but it took us seven months to get there, right? Um, so sometimes exactly. I feel like...
1: I guess I guess the ball rolling. Some people really want instant gratification. Exactly, money in, money out right away. But you have to build up something over time.
2: Exactly, it's it's the two channels, right? Even just on a search perspective, like going paid versus organic, the time to return on investment scale is like a bit is a bit more latent. Like you need to wait a lot, a bit longer, to get your return on investment on more exposure related content and like brand awareness, right? Um, so yeah, I, I, I just th- think it, it was interesting just based on, you know, just, just recent things that we've been talking about, um, you know, how, how much are you willing to, quote unquote, lose upfront in, or not lose, but use in, I guess, like uh, advertising money, if you are going to view it that way, for the long-term benefits of maybe, you know, you're, instead of getting 50,000 in sales upfront. Now you're getting ten thousand in sales monthly, but on a more consistent basis. So you know, instead of getting fifty thousand cash in January, for example, you're going to get sixty thousand in total cash by July, or like that. That's kind of the the difference there. So, um, yeah, I I just thought it, it would. But be then an it depends, right? Point. Do
3: you want do you want the short term return or the long term? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I watched this movie. I was I was just searching for the best. Uh, movie to watch on the marketing and the sales Mm -hmm. because that's not my domain I'm coming from the engineering side and uh, uh, I learned so much even at speak uh, on the marketing and sales side and just doing the googling it's like what are the best movie to watch and one of them was uh, the movie called door to door Mm -hmm. Uh, it's like sort of an old 2002 movie but really really uh, touching and uh, the way the guy was selling the product and it was of course by name it's door to door and uh, uh, the lesson was as like patience and the persistence will give you at the end result and uh, he had no background of the sales and marketing and he just tried failed over time over time and at the end he became the best uh, salesperson of the company uh, throughout like t- 20 years uh so it's like patience and persistence. So again, it's with the with this part, it's like, okay, do we want the short-term wins or the long-term wins? Like, okay, how how much do we want to give up? Uh 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 it's not a give up is the word, but how much do we want to sacrifice at in the beginning? So that's sort of a trade-off with that. It's an amazing movie. I mean, it's a little old version of that, but it's really amazing movie.
1: Right. That sounds good. Like the main character has a cerebral palsy, but he's yes. still determined to be a salesman, a door-to-door salesman.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. I was, I, was, I was thinking about that term. I, I forget that term, but yes, exactly.
0: Well, like so marketers, marketing agencies call themselves like omni-channel marketing now yeah. too, right? Just every channel. Because really, you know, to be effective, you need to have multiple touch points across all sources. And, you know, someone might convert based on an, a, a conversation on a podcast while someone else might on a page. pay-per-click ad or Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like that it's it's i mean it's it's crazy the the systems that have been built like i feel like obviously again like not that long ago it was like you'd send like a paper newsletter to someone or show up at their door or call and now there's so many touch points uh that are actually actually possible here so i think the other thing that sticks out to me is like what kind of what kind of sales or, you know, what, what, how do you, how do you want to present yourself as a company or who do you want to be? And so I would say, you know, in a good way, we, we bumped against maybe a more aggressive salesperson uh, this week. And there's a lot of validity in that because like they actually force action to happen. And I think, you know, in some cases, I actually took a lot of inspiration and learned a lot from it and some of the tactics, but at, at the same time, you know, I really have seen sort of this more problem solving consultative, sort of approach to selling be very valuable. And sometimes when, you know, people sign up for the platform or as you know, that's what's talked about on the intercom chat, it's like you actually really help someone and that they're thankful for that. And that's a really beautiful thing. Like they don't feel like they just got pressured into something that didn't help them, you know? And and that's why it's amazing. We talked about this one time before, but like HubSpot sort of changed the incentive for their salespeople of like, not just revenue. It was like the net promoter score and like customer success because no company, you know, at least that I, I want to be a part of, is just driving sales to hit quotas and then not setting those customers up for success. Like the whole purpose of why you're trying to build something is to create value and solve problems for people. And uh, you know, I'm grateful that we've got a team who cares about that. Maybe we'll we'll you know bring a couple of people in who are a little more you know want to to do that. But I still want this core to be like caring about people's problems and trying to solve that honestly. And I would rather point someone in the direction of somewhere else. If it doesn't make sense for us, then try to bring them in and then not offer you know a solution to the, the problem they have.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean just helping them instead of selling them at the end would sell the product. So it's not about selling parts, it's about understanding the problem and how the product can help them. And it's like if some some pieces are missing uh, of the puzzle, it's like if that's a good bid, that could be the good idea to understand. It's like, oh, how what we can do more for you and how we can help you.
0: Thanks. I guess the part that, you, you know, we've heard, or, you know, especially as you're talking to, for example, investors, the people asking how you scale your company is again, this idea of like, how do you scale that customer support and sort of love that you're giving. And that can also be a challenge, like great that all your customers love you right now, but once you're as your customer base expands, you're not going to be able to give them that time. Uh, so how can you do it? So again, like things like what you even, that's what you've been doing on intercom, obviously live chat, but also onboarding where it still shows our face and, you know, in through the messaging of the, you know, the sort of onboarding experience, like guiding you through how to use it, there's smiley faces and, you know, maybe little inside jokes or things like that. Like those things all add a perfect touch that are, and that personal touch that are more scalable than maybe, you know, obviously us for, you know, fielding every single question. Um, but yeah, it's just a really interesting thing that you know we're in, that you have to work on is 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 scaling the, the love that comes through your customer service as you deal with more people.
1: As the product isn't just the application that's on the website, the product is also all of our efforts and all of our communications and all the work we put into it mm-hmm. and uh, serve it's kind of like a product and a service, if you think about it.
0: Right. Well, like a SaaS, yeah. and, but it's, yeah. so it's experience, right? And, no, exactly. and that's user experience, yeah. software experience, company experience. That's what, that's everything it is. It's the full package. So, yeah. It's, it's just
3: not the one thing that, oh, I'm looking for this and it works, but it's like the full package from onboarding to even, even one customer, uh, <clears throat> last week requested to, uh, delete the account and delete the data it's like even he was so thankful if you see the intercom the response is ask is like how, how how we did uh, and and they put the really nice feedback about thank you for all your help even when they were leaving the platform it is not about like yeah okay we're, we're not gonna respond to you and it's like blah blah it's like we responded to them nicely we said that okay this is how this is the step looks like and uh, we it's like Sort of when the guests come to your house, it's like, you know, you, you take care of them. It's like, even when they live, it's like you you go and like live at the door or airport, whatever that is. So it's the same idea about caring about someone that is not important than how much they pay to the product. It's the care is everything.
2: Yeah, I think to that point too, it's interesting. And I don't know if because based on what we're talking about too, uh, you know, there's this whole concept, for example, of in like the personal development space, for example, of slow growth, right? Where, um, you know, and this is going to be, I'll talk about this in the, um, with respect to personal development and then try to apply it to maybe what we're talking about in the SaaS space or the business space, product space where uh, slow growth is essentially the, antithesis of you know just it's almost the antithesis of growth hacking right that's almost the antithesis of like um getting to your end point or your supposed endpoint as quickly as possible regardless of the process right um while with slow growth it's more about okay you know instead of hitting your end goal in let's say one year right are you okay hitting your end goal in let's say three years but you have a more holistic approach to how you got there. And you've learned a lot more along the way, right? So it's not just you hit you hit goal number, you hit goal X, goal Y, goal Z, and you're like huge goals, right? And you hit them and then it's like, now what? It's more about the process, um, how you iterate on these processes and kind of develop the passion for hitting these end goals and for solving problems. And then you can iterate even quicker at that point, right? Um, and I feel like part of what you know maybe some of our personal philosophy on the team and company philosophy to a degree um, is somewhat uh the opposite of what I think a lot of startups or a lot of saAS companies uh, and a lot of what a lot of investors to probably look for in um and how a company functions. And, it, you know, it's, it's, it goes two ways because then maybe those aren't the right people to work with anyways, right? Um, but but it's, a, it's an interesting thought there as well, right? Like as a SaaS company specifically um, in this kind of crazy SaaS world, um, is slow growth even, like, is it is it sexy, right? Or is it something that people want to be a part of? Or are people just looking for, you know, like a, a huge hit? you know, huge high, and then after that, it's like, cool, we, we made out with what we were hoping to make out with, right? Um, not, not to say you can't be passionate about something and grow it fast, right? I just think there's, uh, there's a bit of a, there's different levers you can pull and different, like, you know, with respect to risk tolerance as well, like that you're willing to flip the switch or not, and that contributes to whether your growth is fast or... You know, slower, but maybe more sustainable and with longer lasting benefits as well. So,
0: yeah, I mean, lots of, mm-hmm. lots of parts to, to pick up there. You know, I and mean? mm-hmm. I mean, I guess people think of like, you know, especially in startups, especially in sort of the, the you know, growth over everything culture, it's either, either you're sort of heading for spectacular success, which is a small percentage of likelihood, or spectacular failure. Or, and then what gets, what gets, um, what gets not. You know, this is a big, like, uh, I really do like what they're talking about at MicroQuire and Bootstrappers where like what they don't get highlighted enough is just like what a lot of people in that space were called mediocre success, which is not mediocre success at anything. You know what I mean? Like, you know how difficult it is to build software from scratch and then position something and actually someone value it and buying it. Like the etheral ones and zeros that are floating across the internet that actually turn into value. Like, that is such a big task. And it's and and if you look, for example, compared to, for say, our growth versus a small a normal small business, it's actually ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like I talked to a bank guy yesterday. And he's like, "Holy crap, you guys are growing very quickly," and and it's only in this sort of comparative system that we're in where we necessarily don't maybe we don't feel that way because we see the speed uh, of other things. And other part, I think, with the alignment of personal development that you talked about is just this idea, like set a really strong foundation to be able to do it so i've tried you know many times to uh for example uh, you know whether it's exercise or whatever it is or you know again we see this sort of like maybe um you know sprints and diet and lose weight or things but when you look at the people who are truly you know have built it for themselves they've just established like daily habits and then just stuck to those and they just compounded over and over and over again so like i've you know i've been trying to run and i see this guy who's like like 60 years old and he's just so fit you know what I mean he's kind of just like that guy has done this every day for 40 years and that's when you see sort of the true compounding of the growth that you're doing and so I think you know one part I think we all want like again we've I said that before but like that's when I had that one moment I think last year we're like we're just not getting enough feedback like there's not enough people in the system to make us feel like we're doing that and so when an injection of sort of use or feedback comes in, it's really valuable for us to get. But I also think sort of, maybe it's not a slow drip, but a drip of customers coming in and problems and then solving those problems helps us build a much stronger foundation for as the the scale actually goes up.
3: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of points uh, you have thrown uh, to pick up from that. And I understand your point of view, where are you coming from? Uh, uh, for the slow growth versus the like the high speed growth, and I, I don't know if you are watching uh, this all in one podcast from Jason Calcano and and or uh, uh, the the whole crew, and uh, of course they are in in USA and California and stuff, but uh, they they also talk about the hype of this SaaS company, and he talks with a lot of founders and the CEOs around the globe, and. Personally, one thing I learned is like, okay, we, we we see things, all this success and hype about the SaaS startup on the internet all day, all in, and uh, at the end we feel that this is what it is. This is what it's all about. This is all about hype, going crazy, and and build the product. That 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 could that is true, and that is fine. There is nothing wrong with that. Uh, but at the same time, I mean. person is like what are your goals what where where do we want to end up with okay you 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 sell your equity of the company you build like habit growth Uh, you hire 50 people and go crazy but go crazy where it's like okay everyone is going to try you hire five executives in each department obviously they are coming from their personal experience they they know how to build shits and from their own experience they're going to do it uh but where where what's the end goal Where where you're going I mean that's that's the one part and and it's like slow growth versus rapid growth or high growth. is like it 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 is it looks great, uh, but I, either or you are as a founder is like willing to compromise something. So what does that sounds look like? And uh, if you truly believe, uh, it's like bootstrapping. We see uh, is that mailchimp? I think so. Yeah. Right. Great, great. It's like. I mean, we see that companies are getting acquired for X billion dollars and stuff, but it's like, the, the, I mean, you will read a lot of, they also talk about the MailChimp about, uh, the one question was like, do you still think that in this, in this time, bootstrapping for this long uh, uh, makes sense? Because anyone can go and just copy paste your product very easily. That's not a big deal, to be honest, right? And uh, all of them had a great point about you see the hype, but what you are missing is the passion of that person who are building this product. You are not, you will never able to match that one, even if you have whatever X amount of money. So uh, that's the one part. And it's like, okay, the second point you had is like, do you enjoy or would you willing to be a part of the slow growth? I mean, that that is a very subjective matter then. It's like, I, I don't know. It's like, honestly, it's very subjective matter. Uh, it's like that slow growth could, could convert to the 10,000 users signing up every day. And they have no idea. It's like, it's not written anywhere. It's not the, it's not the programmatically already written it. It's, that could happen. So that's, that's my point of view. And it's like, I, I, can, I can link you back for this uh, all-in-one podcast when they're talking about the mail chain. And it's like, are they doing right? Like, you know, bootstrapping for this last 10 to 15 years. It's like, what, what if that went wrong? So
0: that's amazing. And it was, was actually from MailChimp, but it was 21 years. But when you listen to the guy who, you know, one of the founders of that company, it's like, he was so passionate about the problem they were solving at MailChimp. Why does it matter? You know what I mean? Like, why, like, if you're just doing what you love, you know, then, then then that's, that's enough for most people. Most people don't even get the opportunity to do that. So, um, you know, I think we're all, you know, all grateful, at least in some ways to be able to with relatively, you know, obviously there's been lots of stress, to, you know, stressful times, but still relatively low stressful work on some pretty innovative cutting edge technology, working with customers and do things that we care about. And uh, I also take, I guess, uh, some reservation, Maybe no, right now it's not reservation, but comfort in like the fact that I guess the problem space that we're working in is like not going away anytime soon. The next jump of this will maybe be when like Neuralink or something like that is mass adopted and then we all start speaking, stop speaking. Um, but that, uh, that, that kind of communication is far away. So we've still got a lot of things here. And like by going again, again going so deep into something, it, it, it exposes really, really actually big problems possibly that are so deep into it. And so I told that small example of this the other day, which was like, I'm using the CSV export and speak and then, you know, I'm using the keyword extraction that we're doing, but I want to expose, for example, keywords that are actually not keywords, but phrases. So for example, like a space needs to be, I want to filter out ones that don't have a space because then we're using two words. Google data studio doesn't have that. So when I put the space in, it, it just doesn't read that space. And so there's no way to just expose a key of a, a phrase versus um, a word. And like, that's such a deep specific problem. But it's one that has been exposed because of the work that we're doing. And at some point, figuring out those solutions to those problems is where we're going to create true value and solve a lot of things for, for, for big things. So I, 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 I take a lot of solace in that. And just, again, grateful to work with uh, good people, uh, which, and again, subjective growth. Uh, you know, we're, 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 we're pretty happy with what we're seeing. And again, thanks to Nihal with some of the marketing and all this stuff, like uh, I'm pretty happy with where we're going right now. Neil, you're up again. So <laughs> gonna go on. You know where I'm, I'm going to be
2: back in one second. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, I guess which which point do we want to tackle next? Which because I mean, two, two, and four are kind of actually two, three, four kind of correlate to each other. So yeah, we could just talk about it as one mass umbrella, or we could just pick one and kind of riff off that.
1: Uh, just yeah, as a mass uh, umbrella, I suppose. we can just start off with the first one. Um, how do we get better at telling our product story? Can you uh, can you lay the groundwork first and say like, what's a product story to begin with? Sure. Um, when it came to
2: this thought in particular, I think it was inspired by. It was mainly inspired by. Well, I mean, for one, like Tyler had that investor presentation recently where, mm-hmm. you know, I, I noticed that one of the top points or one of the top feedback that he received was this whole idea of, uh, you know, they really loved the story he told about, you know, like why the product was, why they started the product, um, why we're building the product the way we're building it. And um, to flip it back a little bit, just in terms of product storytelling, it's, you know, everything there. So it's like the mission, the vision, and like what our end goals are with respect to impacting our uh, customers' lives, right? Uh, and obviously, like, I think everyone has a different vision of what like positive impact on their customers it are. But in our case, it's, you know, we, we're trying to solve, you know, pro- problems related to uh, language data, for example, and just explaining all the ins and outs of why that is important to us. Why it's important to um, what we're building, and finally, you know, why everything we're doing should matter uh, now and in the long term for uh, businesses, entrepreneurs, freelancers, whoever it is that might uh, come by our product. So, you know, one thing that I think we're, we've slowly like uh, changed things as we've gone along, and as I've understood, you know, the DNA of the product a bit better, as I've understood that's all Tyler's, you know, connection to the product and what their end goal with the product is. Um, I I think that's also changed the way I view uh, and how I actually share or talk about the product with other people as well. So it's actually even helped me. Um, like yesterday had a sales call and, you know, I, I realized that this time when I was talking to this person, I had a more coherent, um, story to tell when they, they were asking about the product and, you know, they're also like, I mean, they're a young company and they're not quite a startup. They're like I think six years old. I mean, I think it's still, still a startup, but, you know, there was that ability to kind of make that connection in the sale there as well, where it's like, oh, you know, like our founders um, also started this as like, you know, a passion thing to s- s- serve this market. And, you know, this is how our growth trajectory has been. And here's how we're able to solve your problem. And that kind of made a more cohesive pitch. And I think, I mean, he'll get back to me in like two weeks, but you know, could potentially lead to like a, a a sale there, which I think I personally wouldn't probably not have been able to do by myself like maybe two months ago. Um. So so yeah, I, I guess in general, how do we take what we feel about the product and like you know channeling that passion and energy a bit more into um our overall messaging, whether that's on the sales side, the marketing side, or even within the product itself.
1: Uh, A major rule of uh, storytelling that I've come about um, has to do with at the beginning, uh, you enter wanting something, you enter uh, believing a sort of lie that you see as a truth. And as you go throughout your story, you uh, are confronted with that lie by the truth. And uh, then you uh, eventually, like, you're kind of stubborn about blah lie, and then eventually you uh, shift over to the truth. So I kind of, uh, I find that form of storytelling is always very useful for, uh, for engagement. And uh, it's not just a matter of, you know, just telling a story for like a book or a movie or whatever. Uh, it can help with any sort of, uh, any sort of uh, storytelling when it comes to like the product development and the business development. So Um, I think that definitely is, uh, can be carried over to like our history too, of when we started this up, we had a, uh, an idea um, that may have not been uh, aligned with the truth. And then throughout all of the actual, uh, all of our trials and tribulations, we came to understand uh, what the product really is and what we're doing this for. And uh, I don't know, maybe Tyler can uh speak to that from like what uh, what he thought it was going to be and what he uh what the, the realization he has come to after these last two and a half years or so
0: hold me out here um
1: <laughs> sorry um you know
0: it's, it's funny when i talk about i guess when i talk about the origin story of like why you know and built this and you know to me when i try to sort of nail that down it's actually a very hard thing to do it was like a, a development of so many things at once both personally and professionally that made me you know want to do this and the, you know the story that i told for a long time from the personal side was wanting to replace this Evernote <laughs> and to understand myself better and you know realizing at a certain threshold how abstract all this information of all these notes and all this time and energy I had printed to the system was and not really being able to pull anything out of it and how sort of disappointing and difficult that that was with someone trying to work through, you know, a difficult time in their lives. And then, you know, on the other hand, you know, trying to build, you know, the first uh, sort of, you know, business of in an agency model and dealing with content creation and video and audio production and all the challenges that came out of that. So, you know, it's interesting. I still, you know, I still articulate that story. Maybe sometimes, uh, depending on who the audience is. And there's, you know, like the, there's certain parts that hit, right? Like, you know, that the struggle with um, content, uh, you know, that speaks to someone. And then the struggle of, you know, uh, the Evernote uh, idea, like when I you know, talked to some healthcare investors the other day, that really resonated with them. That was the message like wholeheartedly th- that I got from that feedback. is like, that's really uh, important for Sean. I think one thing that stuck out when we did that I think it was like that, the Y Combinator interview with Michael, he, you know, he said something around the lines of like, you know, because of the path we had taken, we were responsible for making sure that we had sort of cash flow and business, you know, that we could sustain ourselves. And I remember Michael just saying, not explicitly, explicitly, but at least like, fuck that, you know what I mean? Like, if you want to make this happen, then you figure out how to make it happen. And I think, you know, there are many successful avenues that are possible for us to still take or have taken um, that uh, depending on the situation that we put ourselves in uh, or the the strategy that we had that we could have been. And um, I guess one thing that just lastly on this is like, I'm still learning this myself and we still see you know, people come into our system and see something that we don't necessarily realize, but they realize because they've been searching for a solution and they haven't found it. And then they came across us and say, holy crap, this, maybe this isn't even the full solution, but it's 95% or it's 90% and no one else seems to be doing it like you. And, and one thing that uh, i listened to this book called Colin Jost, who was the host of Saturday Night Live. And this is something I've been thinking about a lot with it, like, talk about the book at the end of at the end of the book, how he could never fully commit to one thing because he was scared that if you put everything into one thing and failed, it was going to be such a spectacular failure and how, you know, sometimes you dilute yourselves in different directions because you're afraid to commit in one specific thing in case it doesn't work out and your time would be wasted and you feel like an idiot and all those things. So I think that's something that we continue to bump against up in our business, which is you know, this platform seems extremely valuable, but who, you know, what is, what is the commitment that you wanna make? What is the commitment to the customer that you wanna make? What is the commitment to yourself? And if you're working on a problem and say, you gotta work on this problem for five years, what is that problem that you feel so energized and passionate about that you're gonna wake up every day, whether it's a good day or a bad day and continue to work on it?
3: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, uh... I mean, what I wanted to say earlier was uh, when, when Tala presented the problem or what he was trying to do, uh, I was connected over the problem with the data because I had to work and build the product again from the scratch in India uh, for, for for the IoT. So at the end, when I was in after one and a half year, when the product was launched, it was like eight different product, different sensors. What I was end up on on my end was like a lot of data stored in the system. I had no idea what to do with the census data. I have with the time series data, what even happened, when happened, and why they did. And what I just wanted to do was the simple recommendation engine to tell them that, hey, you use turn off the lights it's like being turned on from last many years to save the energy. That was the simple concept. And I see a lot of data we were gathering through this IoT devices, even when you turn on, turn off sensors, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but that was that was on the hardware device data. But when Tara was talking about it was coming from the text, uh, more specifically at the time was the text data. And it's like how we, can, how, how we can analyze and how we can present through the different layer of insights. And, and of course at the time, it was 2018, uh, December, as like a lot of things were going on also on these on meetings and stuff where people were recording. Uh, audio video, and it's like, okay, they're just sitting on your computer or whatever on your phone. That's like nothing was happening. So that that, that was the reason I saw uh, for the problem that sometimes people don't realize that there's a solution, unless until you don't present them, or there's a solution where people are looking for, but it doesn't exist. So that's sort of either or side. And uh, that's what I see the potential of the product and uh, how we can make it better. That's why that's why we need the the great team to to execute it at the end, uh, but again, it's it's more about the execution now and how we can achieve uh, and solve the problem for the customer. Uh, but I see the real problem. How does that how does that feel and what does that look like through the data? And that absolutely makes sense at least on the on the technical and engineering end. I us say like you know uh,
0: again the- different people have different problems. I I personally feel, you know, validated in a way that uh, um, I guess, you know, all. and together we've all helped actually solve some of the problem that I have. And maybe it's not quite perfect, but like the fact that I can dump every Evernote file into the system, export it into a CSV and visualize it immediately. Like, uh, you know, I don't know why I needed that in my life, but the power of that, is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, you know, continuing, you know, again, part of that experience had been just, for some reason I like dealing with, you know, information. A lot of that was marketing information and there was no better feeling, there was no bigger rush in my life than seeing a client or a customer have a breakthrough on the information that they had been logging for years or months or whatever it was that they just couldn't quite get to themselves. But with the right formatting, with the right structure and the right presentation, all of a sudden it just, unlock something. And that's the feeling that I live for. I, that's what I hope that we can continue to create. And I think, you know, it's been a lot of foundational work for us to get to where we are today, but now we're like just little triggers away from actually revealing that almost on an automatic recurring basis for anyone who stores information into our system. And again, the layers of how it looks and how we display that information, all of that, it's still, we need to massage and figure out, but the core level of creating the opportunity for that to happen is, you know, is exponentially closer than when that's when I first talked in two thousand eighteen. You know, like that was such a difficult thing to figure out, how to articulate and get to, and now we have this platform that can actually be a big driver for that. So it's very exciting. Sometimes it's, you know, again scary. Sometimes it's humbling. You know, it's humbling. You know, and then the part that you deal with, this is the part that is maybe more, uh, you know, I'm being being romantic about it right now, but like, and then the problem that you bump into is that the question that no startup or company wants to hear is why, why doesn't Amazon do this? Why doesn't Google do this? What does, you know, what what is your differentiator versus other companies? And so that's the other thing that in this entire paradigm that you have to look at uh, is something else that you need to put in. So like, Before, when that's when I first started building this, there was no Zoom, you know, there was no Zoom recordings that were being transcribed like this and um, Fireflies and all these different companies. There was no room research that showed the the idea of like linking data and how much meaning that could give you. Like there, there, since this first, our first sort of inception of this, there has been so many people caring about this problem space and trying to solve this because it is such a big problem in our lives that that's the question that comes up. So on our journey, we're also continuing to figure out, knowing that, knowing our resources, knowing our capacity, know what we care about, what problems we're solving, where where do we sit and where can we produce the most, most value for people? And that's a wonderful, fun puzzle uh, to spend time on. Uh, and again, glad, glad to be able to do it.
3: There's still a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of more work to do uh, to get uh, the customer or even get successful. What what Nihal had another point before is like the high growth. We still need to do more work. Uh, but on other end, what I wanted to touch upon is I touched a little bit on the intercom chat with this person or the user. And uh, if you, you can, you all can because you are all invited on the intercom. You can read the chat. But uh, one of the thought was oh, I can put all my past journal I wrote to the speak and analyze that. It's like that exactly match it just, we, we are just missing what one puzzle or piece here is multiplied with thousands of users. Uh, th- that are different solutions for that, but people are getting into this It's like, okay, I had all this journal she wrote on the Word document. I asked us, do you use WordPress or something? It's like, no, Word document. And say dump around 80,000 words just copy paste and analyze down over the line. It's like I don't know how how many uh, different notes or what is that timeline looks like. Uh, but that, that's so amazing. See, so can now visualize, find insights, just like moments. Just like you realize that oh, I talked about X Y Z before. It's like that makes sense. Or maybe use in a different useful way in their own life and stuff. Uh, but this is apart from the business end. It just like how how the platform could help someone. Uh, to visualize or find the moments they had wrought. I don't know. It's like three years, five years, ten years back. Uh, so that, yeah, that that's that excites uh, me personally about. Uh, yeah, it just what we are missing again is like multiply by thousand, or couple couple thousands and thousands of the users.
0: What's that? the uh, passionate uh, uh, office hours here today. Uh, I guess, you know, we're
2: at 1 p.m. Uh, I'm not sure if you, we wanted to just do that quick uh, uh, review that Lauren suggested. Uh, should take us like five minutes.
1: Yeah, I was actually quite, uh, quite amazed by all of the, uh, the improvements mm-hmm. in the last little while. I, uh, I signed on today for the first time in a while and just did a quick little poke around. And yeah, it's really, it's beautiful. So I just, uh, it'd be a shame if we didn't talk about it. And uh, (laughs) I know he had his announcement on the actual Speak platform, but uh, I don't know, we're making these things. We might as well advertise for ourselves here. Sure, sure. I
3: appreciate that. Uh, So I I like this. I don't know. I was just looking for an email, just like, I just love this one. And uh, I was like, you know, we are happy to announce that we made a number of performance updates. That improves the load time and, and speed across the platform that will save your time and, and a lot of other things. So, uh, I hope I'm setting the right screen. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, that's okay. Right, yeah. Okay. I didn't see an expression. Okay. So, uh, anyway, this was the update that's coming from Intercom. Love it uh, for sure. Uh, but I'm not going to, uh, I'll stop, sir, because I'm in my personal account on the speak. Uh, 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 but, uh, Tara, if you can set a screen about the accounts or the, uh, any other general.
0: It was ready. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's just, uh, well, I guess just to to set this in, that's obviously a big driver of this work. But, you know, depending on your account and how much files are in there, we've got one great company with hundreds of hours. And like to be able to search and navigate through that, a lot of data to be navigating and pulling up and displaying. uh, And, you know, what we were finding was latency or time, you know, it takes, takes a little bit of time to do that. And, um, you know, all well, I guess I'll let you talk but, about this, but spend yeah. some time uh, making sure that that uh, was as quick as possible. And we got some pretty good improvements within that.
3: Yeah, I won't take the credit. I would give the credit to the team uh, uh, who had built the first version of the Word Cloud Bar uh, Chart Sentiment Analysis. So he deserved the credit, uh, not me. Uh, what What I did is just my job uh, to improve the system and uh, uh, do. Give you the results as, as quickly as possible. The speed is what it's all about nowadays. And it doesn't matter how many media or audio video you have uploaded on the platform, uh, you would get, get the quickest results so far. Uh, so, what you are seeing here is I think so, this is a success account or account. Yeah. Yeah. So, it could be the couple hundred files. Uh, 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 and what you're seeing, the data you selected is the all time. So, that this will represent the data from. Your first uploaded or created text note or the media, audio, video. And the one change we made is on the right hand side, what you're seeing is the bar chart. And uh, before it was like sort of a a horizontal chart, horizontal bars uh, converted to what Tyler is showing on this infographic. It looks beautiful. So it's like, why don't we just clone that? And uh, so I changed that bar chart. The sentiment as it is, it's more about uh, the major changes has been done on the back end. Uh, when we call this API, uh, compute all this data, the processing what's happening to give you this results. So that's where uh, most of the changes uh, will happen. And even let's say, Tara, if you click on one of the word, let's say, work or team on from the word cloud. uh, And this goes to this Explore Insight page. And uh, this is going to all your media in your account, combining, merging, and showing you In the better way. So what I have done little bit here is like I see all all this log logbook session and analyze that it wasn't clear that uh, when you open this uh, raw, it is expandable. So I put little icon on the left hand side is like open and close, so that makes helps you to open. uh, Yeah. Beautiful and and jump to actions are pretty clear now, so you can jump to any sentences. Uh, a little bit changes in the UI to just for the better experience. Still more works to do, uh, but it's always be like that. Uh, so yeah, if anyone wants to add anything, but these are the changes were mostly made uh, to give you the quick results. That's the overall idea. So
0: was the the, the jump to was originally on the right side the button.
3: The button were on the right side, but because of the long sentences, it was hidden. So you don't realize that you can click on the jump to. The second one, yeah. you see the tags and stuff. Those yeah. were on the left-hand side. So those were like two columns. One was with the tags and one is the table on the right at 50, 50, or you can say 30, 70. So what I did is put the tags on top because a lot of users are giving uh, assigning the tags and that could be uh, more than five keywords, more than six keywords. So it, it was very congested. Uh, on the small screen you are, you have, whatever, this this big screen here, uh, but it was very congested on the small UI to look at. Uh, so that was the one change I made. I wanted to put even when you see, if you close this row, you close this row, uh, and you see the jump to action, I wanted to put on the left, but then what we missed is this open and close icon uh, from the left. So that makes sense uh, about, you can visualize pretty clearly. So uh, I hope that makes sense.
0: I would say this was, this actually is our accounts and it actually doesn't have that much media in it, but this is pretty this is sort of been a, a, a showstopper for us when we demo the product. And for, you know, for myself, for example, who has brought in all my Evernotes and then recorded audio things forever into speed, like it's mind-blowing. Like I still get so excited every time and the speed improvement is one big thing, but, you know, also just in general, like, I guess the you know, what we're realizing, what we're bumping into, and I'll like to stop sharing that, uh, is just like, still, you know, we're still in a very, uh, you know, I guess, infantile state of dealing with language data, navigating through it, displaying it, presenting it in different ways. And so I've been talking to some researchers lately who are responsible from, you know, ordering, you know, starting a research project, process all the way to the final presentation. And in, in the end, it still comes back down to, You know, generating a word cloud or bar chart and then sharing the meaning that they've gathered from that. So, you know, sometimes I feel like, ah, we still have so much work to do. And other times we'll come up to a researcher, show them the platform and they're like, holy crap. And that, those are really good moments where, um, you know, this was, there's still a lot more innovation and possibility here with how we deal with this data, combining that with the art of data visualization and then the technology. Um, and the software that we've built. So uh, again, I I get so pumped about this. And even like, again, something small, like figuring out that, you know, don't just display a keyword, display a key phrase, how much more meaning that actually can make. Those are really exciting moments. And it might seem like a small breakthrough, but it's a breakthrough that then can help us permeate the entire system all our user experience and show them more valuable data. So um, those are, those are exciting things. Um, So I appreciate I'm glad that we spent some time at that at the end. Uh, lots more improvements to come, lots of things that we're, we're working on right now. I guess anything else then before we close out this session?
3: No, we, we might have this new integration coming before end of this quarter, which which was part of the OKR. Uh, so trying to align that uh, at my best capacity here. Uh, so we might release the new integration really, uh end of the next week. Uh, uh, so it's like you can just go in the account uh, authorize your access and you can have a list of all the video albums, the folders uh, from Vimeo to the platform. So uh, even when when I see the intercom, right? We we talk about like, why do we want to build when we're gonna stop building? But when you see the intercom, why it's gigantic companies like so many developers, of course they're working there at least hundreds plus. And, and it's like, what is the best part? is like, when we find this such, such sort of a tool, it's like everything is ready. The, the, the appetizer is ready for you to just go and enjoy. Uh, so that sort of a uh, platform nowadays uh, gives you more uh, uh, credibility in the market uh, to get and acquire the customer easily. So, I mean, that's, that's a one part, uh, enjoy.
0: The that there's a lot of people who are, you know, when you're investing in a product and you're investing in a company, you're not just investing them in their current state, you're also investing in the future. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're dealing with a company that, you know, doesn't is not going to continue innovating, or not going to keep solving problems, no matter how difficult they are, that's a, a risky investment. So uh, we're glad to keep pushing and keep pushing in ways that are very aligned with the problems that we're having now that we've got, uh, I guess, maybe not maybe a fully tipping point yet, but definitely... A lot more validation, for people using the system, asking us questions, and a lot more confidence that we're, we're in the right space. So, um, okay. Um, good. You guys are good. Okay. All right. Thank you, everyone, for watching. This was a ton of fun. Uh, if uh, you uh, ever want to contact us, be, it's so, so easy intercom, live chat, uh, email, whatever. Talk to us. Say hi. Hope you enjoyed this as much as we did. Thank you.